Welcome to South Sound Connected, a podcast where we'll talk to the people behind the wheel and discover how transit connects us all to life here in the 253. Welcome aboard. Let's go for a ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19. My name is Penny Grelier, and I appreciate you tuning in. Today on South Sound Connected, we're going to talk with Brent Riffle, maintenance training coordinator, and Jameson Brown, recently promoted to journey level mechanic, about Pierce Transit's apprenticeship program and its impact on the agency and the community. So welcome, Brent and Jameson. So Brent, you have been an integral part of developing the current apprenticeship program at Pierce Transit. Can you give our listeners an idea of how long apprentices have been a part of Pierce Transit Workforce and what the current program consists of? So the Coach Heavy Duty Apprenticeship Program became registered with Washington State back in January of 85, actually. But the old meeting minutes I have, I found many of them. Uh, They originate back to as early as 1979. Oh, wow. Uh, Foundationally, the program hasn't changed, however, the training plan has been adjusted throughout the years to accommodate the dynamically changing fleets as new technologies arrive. The training plan is a living document that constantly requires an active posture to ensure our technicians are acclimatized to what's new on the block or what shows up out in the lot on a regular basis. So this is one of the only methods we as a team in maintenance can safeguard fleet reliability for our customers, in my opinion, which is both the operators and most importantly, our community. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Jameson, you are one of three folks who completed the newly overhauled Coach Heavy Duty Apprenticeship Program. So congratulations for Thank that. You. And what aspects of the program did you find most helpful? Um, the whole program was pretty, um, was well put together. Um, all the training classes that we got and I'd say the most helpful part is working with all the other JLMs you know getting input from different the way people do different things and how they get to the same goal at the end Mm -hmm. and pretty much learning different ways of how things are done and you kind of create your own way of doing things after a while Mm -hmm. so yeah that was the main thing Okay. Um, Brent, why the current effort to expand the apprenticeship program at Pierce Transit? Well, since I've been here, I found that PT's maintenance team has the right people and resources to build and generate top quality technicians and employees internally. Uh, Employers across the board are struggling these days to maintain and fulfill their product lines with qualified people, and apprenticeship always bridges that serious gap that has developed due to both COVID in recent years and uh, some of those changes in our latest legacy generation have also been hitting that retirement age. So, and and I've always felt that, you know, the trades are an important part of any community workforce. And I feel anyone out there with a special skill set should share that information and help mold eager learners to fill their shoes for both pride and ownership of their legacy and for succession planning. So, My goal is to build robust programs here that provide a revolving door of skilled technicians to step up to the plate as others transition out from the workforce. And like many other trades, it's very difficult, if not nearly impossible, to fill 
a skilled vacancy the very next day when somebody leaves. We have trades that require solid investments over a considerable amount of time to get an individual even to the minimum standards of journey level, let alone the years of experience that a person had that moved on and retired. Mm -hmm. So when that skilled tradesperson clocks out for the last time, an entire library of information always walks away with them. And I feel like this cannot simply be remedied with another warm body tomorrow, not even if you had 10 of them. And that's why our vision is not something that you can wear with blinders, because we have to be able to see from the top of the mountain looking right down into the valley. Proper forward planning garners a huge return on this investment with highly qualified, well-rounded tradespeople that provides you know the continuity and reliability and top quality assets out there on the lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a lot different than somebody in a more perhaps administrative role who has a job title that's, you know, you can just go mm-hmm. out and say, we need X, Y, Z, and here's somebody, and in they come. You have to have someone with knowledge and hands-on experience, and yeah, I can see how that would be difficult to fill the the spot, but that makes a lot of sense as far as the apprenticeship program. Were, were you an apprentice? I actually was. I started yeah. out in, uh, well, I was in the Air Force early on in my working life, and so... Yeah, I went to a trade school for almost four months straight, eight hours a day, and you eat, sleep, and breathe. Uh, Well, in that life, it was airplanes. Mm. So I started out as an apprentice uh, as a hydraulics and pneumatics uh, specialist on different types of aircraft. So that's kind of what carried me on, and I had gotten halfway into that career and then um, gotten into uh, training field. So it was something that personally I was looking for a place that I could grow in my career and I knew that would push me to get to that next level and I found that was a niche for me that worked really well and I enjoyed it. I Mm -hmm. loved it actually. I love spending time with people and uh, thinking about, you know, the, the legacy that you carry on. So there's people, you know, that I trained that even today, there's still some out there that are still active duty all over the world that I know I had at least a small piece in that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that legacy you build. And and I hope that's even for people like Jameson down the road, you know, he's going to be training people. And, and when the day comes that he clocks out for the last time, he's going to, I, in my opinion, I think that you can't walk away without at least some of that pride and the ownership of, of what you did. I trained these people how to do this, and they're going to keep keep that legacy going. Nice. So. <clears throat> so many apprenticeships require some element of formal classroom instruction in addition to on-the-job training, and our apprenticeships require both. So, Jameson, what makes being an apprentice different than learning a trade just by taking classes exclusively at a college or a technical school? Well, especially like being an apprentice over here, it's geared to exactly what your career is going to be. You know, it's not like um, certain things that you won't be using later on down the line. I mean, everything you learned during the apprenticeship, um, you have to use it one way or another as you do your career. it's specialized specifically for exactly what you're going to be doing later on. And I mean, hands-on is 
the best way to do it for for a lot of people in our in our uh, profession. Mm-hmm. And that's the main way we learn, and especially if you know you're going to be doing this job and you're working with everything that you're going to be doing for the rest of your career if you stay in this career. Mm-hmm. So that's um, just getting familiarized with everything and uh, pretty much working on everything you're going to be doing. So do you think that having had that experience now, when a new piece of equipment comes in, like in the future, let's say double-deckers come in or something, mm-hmm. do you think it will be you'll be kind of more ready to like learn the new equipment because you've had that experience here. Yes, because I mean even though it's new equipment, there's still a lot of similarities mm-hmm. all that are in between. I mean, like everything in our in our field, like everything always um, progresses. And it's just the way you learn how to adapt. And you know, like of course, there's always going to be new things coming out to learn. It's always going to be um, new strategies, new, you know. But as long as you adapt and keep yourself with an open mind, I mean, because with every job, you, know, you, you never stop learning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you stop learning, then you're probably not doing anything. So <laughs> that's the way I think about it. I mean, that's what it is. So. Yeah. yeah, I think because... Uh, with most apprenticeships these days, it, it takes, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword there where uh, it takes a combination of both uh, formal classroom training, which they get all the time. It's mm-hmm. never gonna mm-hmm. stop even now that Jameson is a JLM. He's um, still sitting in classes and, and they need that. But I think from my experience being on the training side of things, it's, there's things that you're going to learn in the classroom that you're not going to learn out on the equipment and vice versa. There's mm. things you learned firsthand, you know, hands-on, that you don't quite learn in the classroom. But uh, when I transitioned over as an instructor in the Air Force, it was even, uh, you find things that I could explain it for four or five hours straight. And sometimes you can see that they're just not getting it. And you spent four or five hours straight trying to explain it from every different angle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not quite, you know. And so, but once you take them out on the equipment, that's where the other side of that edge is. The um, five minutes on the equipment and then, oh, now the light's on, Mm. pun intended, you know. The light's on in their head. Oh, okay, now I know what you meant. So that's easy. But then they're also comprehending at the same time all that information that we filled them with, you know, in the classroom, uh, above and beyond just, you know, flipping a switch or pushing a button or something like that. So that's where it works hand in hand with each other. And uh, with our trades here that we are working our apprenticeships, they're all, they all have a combination of uh, formal education and to go with the OJT. Yeah, that reminds me of years ago, I was part of a AmeriCorps team that worked in high schools, and we did this thing called service learning, where it was like, we took the kids, whatever they were studying in their classroom, and we had like a real life version of that, like, you're learning about budgeting, now we're going to go and do this thing, you know, we're mm-hmm. actually having, you have this much money, and we're going to the grocery store, so, I mean, this is a simplified version, but that whole idea, like, 
you've got some stuff that was taught, you know, using the board and the whiteboard and the overhead back in the day. And then you go out into real world and use it. And then for some students, that made all the difference. Like, oh, I see why you're teaching me all this math. You know, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. So. Yeah, it's when you get to finally put all the pieces together. And I think some people, I think it's a little bit narrow-minded sometimes. You think, well, I can just learn what I need to know, you know, doing the job, hands-on. But sometimes I think you really have to dissect it and realize when they go out and do the job, see, I told you so, it mm -hmm. wasn't that. It's now you're taking that information and applying it, and I think you're more effectively comprehending what you're doing above and beyond just yeah. you know turning that wrench or uh, operating that system. Mm -hmm. so. so Brent, how does the maintenance team, both like the management and other employees, support the apprentices as they go through the program? Well, what we do in the very beginning is we have, you know, the apprentice uh, will sit down with myself, the leads or management, and then we'll look at determining where their experience level lies in the beginning. So from there, we'll custom tailor their training path in alignment with the specific job classifications training plan that we have with the state. And then the apprentice and management they have to remain flexible to accommodate for their established, you know, the training needs that we've set before them, mm -hmm. which can or will demand, you know, shift changes from time to time. Um, they have to be flexible for that because depending on what we're working on, um, we might have to move them to day shift or swing shift depending on where they're at. Um, and then, you know, periodically they'll come and check in with me and we have regular recurring, you know, apprenticeship committee meetings to discuss their uh, progress, any challenges that we're running into, um, and then the training plan to maintain, you know, that forward progress because our goal is, you know, getting to the end of it and completion and promotion ultimately, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Jameson, what advice would you give to someone who's considering becoming an apprentice, and what do you wish you had known before you started the program? My big, biggest advice would be just to stay open-minded. I mean, uh, some people come into programs like this thinking that they know everything, <clears throat> and that's a lot of times the biggest downfall. You know, I mean, like, especially if you're in an environment to learn, I mean, it's like you're going to school, but you're doing everything hands-on at the same time, which is, I mean, if it's, especially if it's something that you want to do for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. I mean, it'll be fun, you know? Like, try to keep everything fun and, you know, stay open-minded and be willing to learn. Try to work with whoever you're learning from, you know? Try not to push back and pretty much try and comprehend everything you can. Because especially as an apprentice, <clears throat> that's the one time that you're going to get all this information put to you mm -hmm. that you can actually learn from and benefit from it later on down the line. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and our, our apprentices will, you know, they all come from different walks of life and different experiences or different experience levels. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're able to kind of custom tailor their training from the very beginning, because it depends on where they start. The other two apprentices that started with Jameson, they had uh, definitely a little more uh, 
time, you know, seat time working uh, heavy equipment, or one of them was within a month of getting an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. We were able to custom tailor that, but ultimately, I mean, it's always nice if you have somebody that has experience, but I would definitely, with in my experience with training, is I will take a good attitude over an aptitude any day of the week. I don't care how long it takes. If you have a good attitude, that's going to carry over in how you absorb the information. And that's why we are very happy to have Jameson uh, come on board with this program because he had a great attitude for it. And we were still able to get him through yeah. in about three years. And so um, <clears throat> just there to learn, you know, ask all the questions. Um, I don't feel like especially in training mode, no question is a dumb question. Oh, that's a big um, thing. Yes. And I think sometimes in an industrial world, whatever that might be, whether it's got wheels on it or not, um, there's, from years past, there's what some might refer to as the school of hard knocks, you know. <laughs> um, I thoroughly don't believe in that. Um, I feel an effective trainer will always show somebody the hows and whys of things and why they work or why they don't work instead of you know just yeah. yelling at you because you're doing it wrong and they don't understand everybody's confused everybody walks away angry it's just not a successful you know training environment mm-hmm. so i push that pretty hard with everyone on the floor is you know i think about when you were new and you started out on things you, you didn't know so ask those questions. How does this work and why does it work this way? You know, follow through um, is really important with training. And that's another thing is like when when I was working with everybody on the floor, I mean, you need to realize that everybody has their own way of teaching too. I mean, you might do something one way with this person and it's not going to be the same when you go with another person. So, I mean, that's where it comes to point where you have to be open-minded because you know you learn something a certain way but you're not you have to realize that you're not always going to do it that way mm-hmm. you know not, I mean everybody teaching you of course has their own way of doing it so I mean the way I thought about it is I'll learn everybody's way and then take whatever I want and make my own at the end. yeah that's a good idea you know then you probably learn another <clears throat> skill how to work with different personalities too. So an added bonus. It is. And on the training side of as a trainer, they they're learning in my opinion just as much as the trainees do sometimes because there's so many folks out there on the floor that they work for many years on their own and now they're taking on something new, like trying to teach somebody else. Mm. And I know one of the big things it's really hard to resist, uh, the first time you start taking on training people is just sitting back and letting other people fumble with something, for example. And it's really difficult when you've been doing it for years, this one particular task, and you don't want to just step right in and get out of the way. I want to get this done. Um, It's very humbling, and you have to sit and remind yourself in your head, you know, I did this too. And the only way that I really learned how to do it properly is for me to fumble or mess up a little bit. Um, not to the point where we're sending out, it, not to be interpreted by we're sending out bad buses because mm. we were learning on it. Uh, that's why we have the oversight of you know a, a well-versed trainer to maintain that oversight. But 
the training side of it can be it can be difficult sometimes and then they're also dealing with different personalities they're working with Jameson one day and working with somebody else another day and and they have to become familiarized with the trainees because each one is in a different place and that learning level mm-hmm. so where one you might have to be more focused on what they're doing a lot of the time the other person is a little further along and they've worked similar tasks and they understand it more to where you can let go of the reins and let them do it. So So Brent, what are the primary benefits to the apprentice of going through the program, including how it can impact their career long term? Well, in the training world, um, apprenticeship can be known as, you know, the other four-year degree. Apprenticeship has been around since the, you know, nearly the dawn of time. Mm. And uh, what I had found somewhere, I'm trying to remember where I had found this, but it's the research and writing state is back as far as 4,000 years ago um, in this old Welsh bardic uh, manuscript called the Red Book of Hergist. And it said, open the door, I will not open it. Wherefore not? Because the knife is in the meat, the drink is in the horn. And there is revelry in Arthur's Hall, and none may enter therein but the son of a king of a privileged country or the craftsman bringing his craft. And what that's referencing is that craftsmen, even way back in the day, were held in very high regard and became you know, significant cornerstones of their communities. And I know even when I had spoken with some elders in years past, uh, one of them had told me about their experience in the late 40s. And if you think about that time period, uh, he was telling me, is when you got back from the war, you basically had two paths. You either attended college or you go to learn a trade. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the why and the road. So that was your choices. And with the trades, we're currently running you know, our apprenticeships through. The learning never stops. I mean, each new fleet of vehicles, uh, PT acquires brings either updated or new technologies that we all need to learn to keep these vehicles running on the road. And therefore, that's why that learning never stops and remains that revolving door. Um, learning a trade you know, is always an outstanding way to build upon an industrial career path. Many managers and directors started right from the bottom and worked their way up the career ladder. Industry hiring has evolved in recent years from what I've seen and has recognized that with a little bit of management coaching and professional development training, uh, more employers are hiring people into top level management positions with that trade experience in lieu of degrees. Mm -hmm. And uh, management professionals, you know, that started at the bottom of their career fields have well-rounded, you know, foundational experience and can make those solid decisions with positive results due to better kind of a logistical understanding of what it takes for a company to transition through a significant growth or you know strategic changes because they're kind of understanding that granular level okay this is we have to think about this too mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing um, so yeah so just to wrap it up here's kind of a random question but what is your favorite part of a Pierce Transit bus to work on? Start with Jameson. <laughs> um, you know, it would have to be the engine and the transmission. I mean, it's pretty much the heart of everything. So, I mean, when I first started uh, 
apprenticeship, I barely knew anything. Mm -hmm. So everything was like, everything I could learn was was exciting to me. So, I mean, I just went, yeah, I mean, <laughs> after a while, then you start getting to know everything, the ins and outs of everything. But to me, um, learning every day, just every part of the bus <laughs> is exciting. So, yeah. Nice. For me, I think my favorite part of doing this is just seeing people successful, you know, people that see, they find a goalpost and they want to get there. And I'm, it's very satisfying for me to be a part of that, to help be, you know, provide that pathway for mm -hmm. them. You know, this is what we can do to get you from A to B and figure mm -hmm. out what those uh, milestones are. And uh, when, when you get, I guess, that certificate uh, at the end of the program, to me, I feel also successful that I was able to help somebody to get where they need to be and have a trade that you can't take away from them. You know, that's always going to put food on the table, feed their families, put a roof over their head, and it's very sustainable. Mm. So. And that's, that's what feels good to me each day, so. That's why I always thought about going into the apprenticeship is, like someone for, like me, who already had a family, and trying to jump into a trade like this, doing it through college and trade schools would be really difficult. Mm. I mean, through an apprenticeship, at least you're getting paid, you know, you're getting paid to learn exactly what you want to learn, so you can provide for your family. And I'm a family guy, I mean, I do everything for my family, so, I mean, having this opportunity made the world difference. Nice. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of another episode, but I'd like to thank both of you very much for your time, for thank walking you. us through all things apprenticeship and the benefits that the program brings to our community. So thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Next time on South Sound Connected, we'll take a look at another aspect of Pierce Transit service and community support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast link with your friends and be sure to subscribe. And check out piercetransit.org for the latest in services, trip planning, and agency news. Thanks for listening.